This is Josh Mills. And this is John Mills. And welcome back to another episode of Acquired Tastings. We are extremely excited to have you guys back with us today. And uh, this week, we're going to be doing a liquor podcast. Uh, we're going to be back on our normal on our normal rotation schedule. And But this week, we are doing tequila. Uno, dos, tres. <laughs> Cuatro, cinco, cinco, seis. Da-na-na-na-na-na-na. Tequila. There we go. All right, so... We're pretty excited to have you guys back doing a tequila episode. So, um, Dad, what tequila are you doing this week? I'm doing the El Humidor. I call it Jumidor, but, I, you know, the J's in Spanish are actually H's. So, I mispronounced it last week. And it's a Reposado. What are you doing, Josh? I am doing the Epsilon Blanco Tequila. Right. What uh, what about your snacks, Dad? What are your pairings this week? Okay, I have some guacamole, I have some ceviche, and I have a jalapeno cheese dip. And so, uh, the, yeah. the, you made you made all this yourself, right? Well, your mom made the guacamole. She's the expert there. Well, it's all it's all house made. And then I, on the other side, I bought all of my stuff this week. Oh, okay. So, so what do you have? I've got some steak nachos. Mm-hmm. I have some Kung Pao chicken. So a spicy Chinese chicken. And then I have a key lime pedophore and a salted caramel pedophore. Oh, those ought to be good. Yeah. So Everything it's going to be. sounds great. Yeah. It's going to be pretty exciting. So uh, before we jump in, Dad, let's talk about the blind last yeah, week. Let's so let's not uh, forget it like we did last week. <laughs> yeah. So I, uh, I blind a wine last week. Um, it was a red wine, and I ended up calling it a California Pinot Noir, which I thought was from Sonoma. So what was it, Dad? Well, you actually said it was a 2017 Pinot Noir. Check. You got that right. Okay. Both of those. It is a Willamette Valley Pinot Oh, Noir. man. You know what, Josh? I'm going to give you full credit <laughs> because... You know, what's the difference between California and Willamette Valley? It's just a few hundred miles. Yeah. And they probably taste very similar. They taste very similar, but they also, it's one of those, they taste very similar, but they taste very different. You know, it's like, it, kind of like when it comes to scotches, you know, there's, yeah. there's similarities and there's differences. But you know what? It's not, New the, World. This, it's not <laughs> the difference of Isla. Right. It's not, <laughs> it's not that hard of a distance. <laughs> and you this, know, this is the Raptor Ridge Barrel Select. So it's a really good Pinot Noir, that was a and the price point is less than thirty. Yeah, that was a that was a great wine. Uh, you know, another great Thanksgiving wine. As you know, this episode we're recording. You know, the week before Thanksgiving, but this episode will actually release on Thanksgiving. And that Raptor Ridge is another really good, a really good uh, Thanksgiving wine for you. All right, you ready to get it into some tequila? All right, so let's go ahead and get tequila. We're gonna do uh, we're gonna do mine first. The uh, once again, it's the Epsilon Tequila Blanco, so it's a white tequila. And my snacks are some steak nachos, some kung pao chicken, and a couple different pedophores, a key lime and a and a salted caramel uh, pedophore. So I think, Dad, we're gonna start with the nachos, then go to the kung pao chicken, and then head to the dessert. But uh, all right, first that of all, reasonable. But first of all, tell me what you're uh, what you're seeing in this tequila. I'm seeing clear, and sometimes they call it silver. Yeah, tequila. Yeah, it is. It is definitely with the blanco. It is definitely. It looks like water in the glass. You know, it's I, it's I clear. Get some of that silverness 
like okay. we did. Yeah, know. I can kind of I can kind of see a little bit of a, a silvery hue to it, but on first glance, it is it is crystal clear. Yes, it is. Which you is what could, you you could read through it if right. you had to. This is what you want in a Blanco tequila. You know, completely clear, completely see through. I mean, it's beautiful looking in the glass as a Blanco tequila. Once again, we're tasting these liquors out of Glencairn glasses, uh, so kind of a, a uh, liquor sniffer, snifter. So it's kind of wide at the base, then goes up, kind of like a chimney. I'm getting some good legs on it, Josh. Yeah. Do so you know this what, what, uh, this is eighty ABB? proof. It's eighty proof, so right. it's forty percent alcohol. Right. Um, right. If you haven't learned the formula yet, you take your, you half your proof, <laughs> and you get your alcohol by volume, right. or you double your alcohol by volume to get your proof. Math. <laughs> you know, Easy we're, math. We're both, we're, math. <laughs> well, yeah, but we're both math people, so yeah. um, we like to kind of put that out there. So you got good legs on it. Have you given it a sniff yet? I'm I'm working on that. That's definitely tequila. Yeah. You know this this tequila is you know it it smells like tequila, but you know getting into it a little bit farther, I'm getting a little bit of citrus. I think I'm getting a little vanilla, maybe. Some kind of like, uh, yeah, I'm getting some, some kind of like some fruit in there too. Yeah, I'm getting some floral, some kind of floral notes but and like citrus. It's, it's, it's like it's, citrus zest to me. Yeah, yeah, and it, but it's kind of hard to get past that alcohol because it just runs right up your nose and then it's like, I can't smell anything. Yeah, so a trick with alcohol and a couple other like esters that'll run at your nose really quickly, if you blow into the glass, that'll actually blow out for a second and you can actually get a good sniff in it. Okay, I get I get salinity. I always forget to do that. Yeah, I get salinity. You know, I mm-hmm. get one of the things. I mean, we all know this at least from you know beverages, or you know our shot days. Um, salt and tequila always go really well together, and I think that's because I find some of that salinity in the salt itself. But it's you know while you talk about the alcohol in this one, but it's not as burny. It's not like it doesn't burn your nose hairs. Right. You know, because this is actually lower in alcohol than I think all the whiskeys that we've done. Yeah, they were up in the 45, Yeah, they were up 45, yeah. Mm-hmm. And this is only 40. Or that could be 90 proof. Or, <laughs> or 92, <laughs> 92 proof. 92 proof. It smells really good. Um, so, so, Dad, what what is tequila made from? Agave. It is another agave-based spirit. But, you know, with tequila, it has more restrictions on which agave can, it can be produced from. Blue agave is, you know, is uh, what it's known for. Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of big guys right now are really saying, well, we have 100% blue agave. And I want to be like, well, it's one of the main things you have. <laughs> it's one of the only things you can use in kind of your production of but well, Jose Cuevo, they, they're not 100%. So there's lots of tequilas out there that are not 100% agave. Right. Well, and so once again, this is the Epsilon. This one is actually 100% blue Weber agave. All right. So yeah. kind of like we talked about when we were talking about the Mezcal, you know, there's a bunch of different varieties of, of agave that can be used, at least in Mezcal. But in tequila, it is a lot more focused on the blue agaves or the... The species of blue agave is underneath the big blue agave. All right. So what do you uh, what do you taste in this one? You know, I was trying to figure that out. I took a couple small tastes. I get I get some of that fruit you were talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's, it's it's way back there. It's light. The vanilla 
don't really taste that, but I was getting it on the nose. So I get, I get, um, you keep saying vanilla. I get like a sweetness that reminds me of cake, okay. like cake, cake batter. Should so, we you know, jump to the pitiful? No, no <laughs> we, we've got a whole, we, you know, we've got an appetizer, a main and a, and a dessert right. here. So, you know, it kind of reminds me of that like sweetness that you get. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of surprising because, I mean, I don't know how much anybody pays attention to, you know, a tequila shot when you actually do it. But you don't taste it like we're doing now since we're sipping it. Well, with the tequila shot, people go, okay, take the, take the salt, take the lime, uno, dos, tres. Yeah. You know, so, and have you ever... Take the lime and, oh, there, I'm better. Yeah. Uh, have, you ever, have you ever heard those, uh, the salt and the lime called training wheels for tequila shots? <laughs> no. Yeah, so... <laughs> I haven't heard so, that. So, you know, you could say, well, I want a tequila shot. And I don't want the training wheels. So the, oh, tra- okay. the training wheels of taking a tequila shot are the salt and the lime. Uh, not that it doesn't go well with it. It's just one of those things that uh Well, when I was doing research, about. I, I found that a lot. You know, what to pair with your tequila. Salt, lime. Salt and lime, <laughs> yep. A little bit more about this one. You know, we said it is 100% blue, agave, or blue Weber agave that's being used. Um, it is hand-harvested, kind of like we talked about when it comes to mezcal, they're really critical on the piñas, which is kind of the plant or the the flower part, which is which is to be used for the agave. So they kind of they kind of take a lot of care in what they're doing with it. So yeah, okay. All right, you want to get I'm into the pairing? For, yeah, I'm ready for a little taste well, let's, of. Well, let's get into the nacho a little bit. The nacho. So this nacho is kind of a. A blank canvas nacho. You know, it's really just chips, cheese, and the meat. Uh, I kind of didn't want anything else distracting from that bit of the pairing. Where'd you get this, Josh? Uh, I got this from a local restaurant called La Hacienda. Mm. Uh, most Mexican most Mexican restaurants you go to will have a some sort of nacho with steak or mm-hmm. steak fajita nachos. Mm-hmm. That'll kind of have that with it. But there's some good my, cheese in there too. Yeah, it's one of my favorite things to order. That's a good pairing. What are you tasting? Well, the the steak and the cheese kind of bring out more of the fruit and the sweetness of that tequila. Okay. And it kind of smooths it out. Now I was noticing when I was doing a little sipping, it was pretty smooth anyway. Yeah. So, you know, that's a pretty good pairing. Jimmy. Well, and I really love this tequila. Like you said, it's smooth, it's easy drinking, but it's still got a lot of flavor. Mm-hmm. It's one of my favorite margarita. Oh, okay. Margarita tequilas. Because it's got, it brings flavor to the party without overdoing it. Okay. So it brings that sweetness, brings that like salinity, that lime. That's really good with it. And I like the cheese. Mm-hmm. And of course, when we get to... My cheese dip, it'll. And you're right. So that I think the fattiness of the cheese and the the kind of hardiness of the meat really do bring out a lot of the sweeter citrusy elements in the in the tequila. Which you know, I'm not a tequila sipper. You know, I know people that are tequila sippers. They'll buy tequila like you and I would buy whiskey. Yeah, and sip it as the night goes. And so it is, for me, this is something new to kind of get into, but it's really interesting. 
And I can see how tequila would go with some cigars too. Because mm-hmm. that sweetness really would play mm-hmm. well along with, with the cigar. Well, they probably were buying the Año. <laughs> yeah, some of the Añejo stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so a little yeah. bit... How long was this uh, tequila put up for? Or is it so, it, so Blancos are not aged at all. Oh, okay. Yeah, the, there is no aging with it. That's why it's white. It's silver. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it's kind of like we talked about gin. It comes off, comes off the still, you know, gets cut, and then put bottle in bottle. And sell it. Bottle and serve to go. Put it on that little cart and get it to market. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so one of the things we've talked about before is how tequila is a very regulated name. Kind of like champagne. There's only a few regions in Mexico that can make tequila. Uh, We've talked about how agave spirits or mezcal can be made, but there's only actually three regions in in Mexico that can make tequila. Uh, One of them is called tequila. So it's, it's a highly regulated name, and that's why the other agave distillers in Mexico had to find another name and had to regulate another name to go with it. And, you know, one of them was Mezcal, mm-hmm. but the other one is, you know, liquor de, ga- liquor de Agave. Okay. So, if you see some liquors de Agaves, it's going to be a lot of the same processes as tequila, but it can't be marketed as tequila because it's not made in specific regions that are, you know, the regulated regions that I make tequila. I haven't had any of those, have you? I've had one. <laughs> it was really, really good. It was a Reposado. Uh, somebody brought it back to me from Mexico because they actually, they live and have family in Mexico and went down for a break and then came back. Okay. It was, man, it was so good. It was rich and delicious. Had that wonderful agave taste. I mean, it was, it was just really, really good. Had, Had it been aged some, Josh? Yeah. I don't know exactly how long it had been aged, but it was, it was at Reposado level. So it was. Kind of that brown, Mm -hmm. gold, Mm -hmm. golden color. So like we talked about before with tequila, you know, it has to be 100% blue agave, but there are other subspecies of blue agave. Like we've talked about the blue Weber, which is one that's known to be really, really good. You know, this tequila that we're drinking right now, the Weber, or excuse me, the Epsilon is, you know, has been, has gotten awards. You know, like I said, it's, it's super clear. It's made from 100% Weber. Weber Agave, and on the bottle, it's a really cool label. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of done in more Dia de, Dia de los Muertos style, a lot of skeletons. And, you know, the skeleton on this bottle is riding a rooster. And a rooster, or a cock, is the symbol for Mexico. So that's kind of why they're kind of taking this on, and it's kind of like battling the imperialists you know, who are trying to take it over, you know, on their website, when they talk about their different tequilas, they talk about as, you know, as Blanco is, you know, the one, the one that started it all, you know, and, and this kind of, this tequila has only been around since like 1995. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. The distiller has been making tequila for other people for a long time and finally decided to go on his own and make his own tequila and met some investors and kind of got it going around 95. And it is so good. I mean, and it is extremely affordable. Like this bottle at Papa Top where I bought it, it was $24.99. Oh, okay. Which is a and great it's a, price. It's a $750, I guess. Yeah, it's, it's a $750. It's a great price. It's a great bottle. 
they really stay true to the heritage of Mexico and all their labeling and everything. The, the, I think the Reposado has like some people dancing on it and the Añejo, no, it's the Añejo has people, you know, dancing on it. And the Reposado talks about the marketplace. And, you know, it's, it's a really cool how they're not only they're holding true to the heritage of mm-hmm. the tequila making process in the tequila that they make and how good it is, but also in the artwork that they're choosing to put on their tequilas. Which is really and I good. bet they sell tons of per Day of the Dead. Oh yeah, <laughs> and this is this is definitely one on the shelf. I think the first time I picked this up was like, ooh, that's a cool bottle, and it's in my price range. I'm gonna go ahead and give it a try. It's it's a really good thing, and uh, I mean, we can move on in the pairings. I'm just sorry, I'm chatting a lot about my tequila. I think it's you know, I think well, it's, that's fine. It's a really really good. It is good, and that pairing's wonderful. Mm-hmm. So what'd you say the uh, chicken? So it's a kung pao kung chicken. Kung pao chicken. Mm-hmm. So it's a spicy uh, chicken. We've got some rice with it as well from a local Chinese restaurant called Mister Chen's. One of our your favorite, my favorite places in town. So it's going to be kind of spicy. There's some peppers in there, um, yeah, as I well as the rice. One out of the way, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean you, you know we. Give it, it's going to give it that good flavor, which I think is going to go well with that sweetness of the tequila. And then the rice is going to be there to kind of calm it down as well. Yeah, I'm cleaning my palate with some rice right now. So they call this tequila, you know, they call their Blanco for shaking. So they kind of have it for, you know, cocktails, you know, and to shake yourself with. You know, we'll do a party with. And you said you like it with cocktails yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a really, wow, that's really good. It's a really good tequila, mm-hmm. especially for the price. You know, mm-hmm. I don't mind, you know, putting two and a half ounces to make a margarita with it. Mm-hmm. You know, sipping it now, it's really good, mm-hmm. but it's not a tequila I would buy for sipping. Does that no. make sense? No, I it's something that I would, I would, I have in my bar as a bar staple to me. This is definitely a, this would be my tequila in my bar mm-hmm. year round. Not really a uh, tequila but I think if I was, I'd have to move up a level. Yeah, I mean, Blanco tequilas aren't really made for sipping. They're I'm not made. sure the Reposado is either, mm. to be technical about it. I mean, it, it's a higher level. Right. And it's aged, you know, and we'll talk about that more. But it's not aged that long. Right. Well, that's the thing about tequila. You know, their aging is really truncated as compared to other ones because tequila picks up a lot of stuff quickly. So what do you think of the pairing, Dad? Oh, it's very good. You know, the that spice that that kung pao chicken is not that spicy, but you kind of get a little bit of that spicy, and you're getting some of the spice notes out of the tequila with it. Did you yeah. did you get any spice notes out of it? Yeah, and you know, the kung pao has kind of like a citrusy soft sauce with it as well, which I think kind of brings out some of that citrusiness and you know, this one, I'm feeling of the alcohol a little bit more. You know, I think the heat is kind of accentuating the alcohol a little bit. Oh, yeah, I'm getting that too. It's kind of the back, back <laughs> of my yeah. throat. You know, it's a, it can, you kind of feel like you're going to breathe fire, and you're not sure if it's from the heat or from the alcohol. It's not that explosion like we had with the gin. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, there, there is the heat and the tequila, and they're working together with that fieriness. Yeah. 
And, you know, I get a little bit, you know, sweetness I don't really get anymore. On this one, I really kind of get that more of the citrusy and the fruity kind of flavor mm-hmm. to go with it. Now, I get the spice notes, but I'm trying to figure out what spice it might be because this, uh, this Kung Pao chicken, I guess it has, well, Chinese spice might be that, that five spice. It might have Chinese five spice in it, but it's definitely got, you know, some really, you know, Chinese chilies in it and some mm-hmm. citrus and, you know, probably some Szechuan pepper going on with it. I don't know if it has any of like clove or. Well, it might have cumin. That's or, another. No, that's a Mexican that's a spice. Mexi- that's a Mexican spice. So they spice. wouldn't use that. But, yeah. So there's some spicy notes in this tequila. I'm right. trying to figure out, dissect what it is. So is it more baking spices or like pepper? No, it's more, well, like we said, the heat of the chicken it made the heat come out, I think, of the tequila. Right. So it wasn't baking spices. It was, it's almost like it was cayenne or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's more on the pepper side. I kind of get the bite of like really good black pepper. Mm-hmm. You know, when you get the big chunk of it, you take a bite and you have that. Ooh, Maybe. Kind of like on your ribs sometimes. And I'm feeling it on the front of my front of my lip mm-hmm. and i don't know if that's the kung pao that's probably the, the kung, tequila that's it's, probably I the heat from the kung, kung pao, pao chicken <laughs> coming through i have to try another bite of it though. yeah but i really think that sweetness of the tequila is going to go really well so just a little bit of process about how tequila is made if you listen to our you know, smoke in the glass podcast we talked about how mezcal was made how many years ago was it <laughs> i mean it was, you know, it was quite a few episodes ago mm-hmm. um but you know, the, the process is very similar. So they're going to harvest the pinas, uh, hand harvest, most of them hand harvest the pinas uh, that have been growing for about, you know, three to five or longer years. Mm-hmm. They cut out all the extra mm-hmm. and they roast, you know, they roast those uh, pinas to kind of bring out the sugarness. Now, it's not always done the same way as mezcal. You know, mezcal, we talked about how it's done in a really big pit, mm-hmm. you know, big covered and, you know, and bring out the kind of smokiness. But when it comes to tequila, they actually, they will sometimes will actually just kind of cover them in sugar, or excuse me, cover, like break them up, kind of cover them in water and let the natural yeast in the air start that fermentation process and kind of cooking that, cooking that out a little bit and just, or, you know, kind of help it along a little bit fermentation process when they use some of these additives kind of that that can go on so it doesn't get the smokiness can take you know from 20 hours up to three days okay they let that go and then once again you know they they take the, they take that cooked that cooked the, the what am i saying like kind of the wort that comes from it and then that's what they use to distill to get the clean colors, and then I'm going to not talk about the aging process, but tequila can actually, it's, there's four different levels of tequila. There are Blanco, there's Reposado, there's Añejo, and there's Extra Añejo. There's a, there's a level called Gold, which, depending on kind of how you look at it, is either a not real term or just another way for them to talk about Reposado tequila. That's the way I look at it. So... But I'll, I'll let you talk about that when we get into yours, because yours is a reposado. And then, the, you know, they're sold out in the market. And, you know, we, you can get tequilas that are dirt cheap, 
And there are some tequilas out there that are like a couple hundred dollars a bottle. Oh, I've seen them more than that. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, which is just crazy. Like I said, it comes from a really like small couple areas of Mexico. You know, we said tequila, but then there's also, you know, Jalisco is another one of the regions that come from it. So it's a it's a really interesting spirit. And, you know, kind of as you've been dissecting it a little bit, have you got any more kind of thoughts about, you know, the tequila with the Kung Pao Chicken Dad? Well, the second time with the with the chicken, I didn't really get that explosion of fire and okay. the spice that I got with the first bite. And maybe it's because it calmed down in my mouth. So I really don't know. Yeah, maybe it was just that first kind of, ooh, where, you know, we've talked about before, right. you should take like two or three bites in a sip of something before you kind of make a, make a judgment on it because you've got palate hang, I call it palate hangover. I think that's probably what it is. I'm with you. you I think you said citrus notes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this time I got citrus notes. Yeah, I got a lot more orange. Um, yeah, I got the orange, orange and that kind of stuff. Um, when I was just tasting it by itself, I got a lot of lime and lemon. Uh huh. And I think it may have been just kind of the sauce and the well, the you stuff were that's thinking used. about that salt and lime to do <laughs> well, a shoot. I mean, I, I mean, I kind of was. <laughs> yeah. You know, one of one of the things I've always wanted to do, and maybe we'll do this in another episode, is do tequila and salt pairings. You know, there's so many different salts from all over the world. Oh my goodness. And you know, I really think that you know different salts taste different. So I think they play with tequila differently. Like I've, you know, I've talked with a couple of my friends and like, man, if I had a bar and I did, you know, tequila, like high end tequila shots, or even with my margaritas, really thinking about the salt that I use because it can affect the tequila so much. That's right. Like it's a, I don't, I don't understand it. There's gotta be some kind of chemical and there's gotta be some kind of chemical thing that goes on with what's going on in tequila and what, and what salt is. But when I have a margarita, I don't, I don't want that salt on my glass. So I will. So because you guys are our listeners, and I love you all, and I trust you very much, I will tell you my secret when it comes to margarita making. Salt and tequila work so well together. But kind of like you were hinting at, it can be too much when it's on the rim. Oh, yeah. So I take my salt and actually put it in my shaker. And so it actually blends into the drink itself. So and then like I pour the pink. I just, yeah, I just put a pinch of it in that would work. into my margarita, shake it, strain it. And then I don't put any extra on the rim. Oh no. So you get that salt, you get that salinity, you get that salt, that nice saltiness that goes with tequila and actually, you know, and the citrus without having to have that really sharp push on the rim. That was kind of one of the reasons that I've talked about like, oh, I wonder how different salts pair with different tequilas. Okay, I'm about ready for a for a sweet. You ready? You ready sweet. for something something a little sweet? So which one? That one is the key lime pedophore. Uh These are from a local bakery called Blue Cake Company. Um, they do great great stuff. They if you're always in Little Rock. You probably already know them. Yeah, and if you don't, or if you've heard of Honey Pies, they actually bought Honey Pies. But Blue Cake Company is great. They're a small locally locally operated group that does really really good stuff. I wanted to do. La Bulali's key lime pie ice cream. Yeah, but they only make it they that. only make it during the summer. Okay. But with this one, you know, it's a really play on that shot thing. Mm. Now, I wasn't thinking I would have brought some like high end sea salt to put on top. 
Oh. So what do you think? That bed of four sweetness and the sweetness that's in the tequila work. Just that little bit of sweetness that's there. Yeah. You know, the the spice has gone away. There might be some nuttiness that presented itself with this. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the baking spice, the nutmeg. Right. Yeah. That's probably coming in from the pedophore itself. Yeah. Good big. Yeah. Yeah, so I kind of get a little bit more of everything else but the citrus Yeah. in the tequila. You know, I kind of get bite of the alcohol, like all the extra notes on it, like the light little bit of sweetness, almost kind of like a like a burn kind of congruiness that goes on with it. And, you know, the cake is more sweet than, more sweet than lime. Mm-hmm. So I think if it was more lime, that may help it a little bit. But that's right. I see you going after the salted caramel. Let me know what you think. Why not? I'm gonna have to take a sip here with it. You never thought you'd sip, you'd sip tequila for half an hour, would you? Well, there wasn't that much. (laughs) Well, I'm just saying. In your wildest dreams, you probably never thought you'd sit and sip tequila for 30 minutes. You know, this podcast has made us do lots of things. (laughs) So I I like the the first one better than the caramel. Uh-huh. And maybe it's just because it seems to pair a little better. The the caramel, and maybe it's because if I'd reverse the order, mm. things mm. would be different. Yeah. But, you know, they're both good. Yeah. You, I don't think of tequila, straight tequila with anything. So this is a new experience for both of us. Right. I assume both. Yeah. Kind of like that gin episode. Mm-hmm. I think the key lime pie that you talked about would be fantastic Mm -hmm. but these are really really good i want to say fantastic Mm -hmm. you know blob lolly or blue cake blue cake pies whichever i mean they're they're very very good organizations and they make very good sweet stuff (laughs) yeah well the carameliness brings that caramel aspect to the tequila that you don't have because it's an unaged tequila Mm -hmm. and it's i i like that better than the first one because that richness, that caramely kind of flavor. You like the caramel one better. Yeah, because huh? because it adds because it's it, it's adding to rather than taking away. Oh, okay. To the tequila. So, uh, Dad, do you have any other questions about my tequila or anything before we move on? So, what area did it come from? So this comes from Jalisco, which is the like the large state where tequila has to come from. Oh, okay. It comes from Arandas. At least that's how I would pronounce it. Arandas Jalisco. So it's a, and the distillery is in San San Nicola, or San Nicolas, in Andreas Jalisco, Mexico. And it's, you know, it's been going around. And, you know, I found found a little bit more about the the label. It commemorates on September 16th to celebrate the independence of this region of Mexico, where there was an uprising in 1810, and they stood up against the Spanish. And kind of move people out. So that's kind of why you see that kind of fighting and, you know, the rooster reading, leading oh, yeah, the charge. I really like that label. It's yeah, it's, cool. a, it's, a really, <laughs> it's a really cool label. Anything else? No, I'm ready to move on. All right. Well, let's move on. All right, Dad. So why don't you remind everybody what tequila you have and what snacks you have going on? So snack-wise, I have guacamole. I have a jalapeno cheese dip. And then I have ceviche, and the ceviche has fish and shrimp. What kind of fish? Well, I was hoping you wouldn't ask that because... <laughs> well, then just cut it out. Well, <laughs> it's, it's a fish I'd never really heard of, 
But the guy says, oh, it's about like catfish. Well, you know, catfish has gotten up to almost $9 a pound. Wow. And he said, this is a really great substitute. He says, I can't really tell tell the difference. And it was three ninety five pounds. So okay. I thought we'd try it. All right. Sounds and good. You can't go bad with ceviche anyway. And if you're not familiar with ceviche, it's cooked with lime juice. So you don't really cook it in a pan or you cook it in the oven. You cook it with lime juice. And that's really what ceviche is. I think we'll start with the uh, guacamole. Okay. Sounds good. And then the cheese dip. And then the ceviche. So what is your tequila again, Dad? El Humidor. And it's spelled J-I-M-A-D-O-R. But like I said earlier, it's Humidor because the J's are H's. Yeah. And you'll look at the color. I see you looking at it. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't know when they actually call tequila gold. Right. But this is not clear like the bronco was it is sort of a gold color yeah it's definitely like light straw but it's still got kind of a green to me it's kind of got a greenish uh silver hue Correct. to it as well so like if i was blinding this i could tell it was aged but i could tell it was also not aged for very long correct so silver is the youngest mm-hmm. which is what we had with yours right no and aging at all Yonyo is the oldest and this reposado is in between. Okay. Reposado isn't aged very long. It's like two months, Josh. Yeah, I think isn't that like the minimum is, you know, as long as it's been in a barrel for two months, it can be called reposado. That's right. And then the año, which is the oldest, is 12 months. <laughs> yeah, and, Ye- and Yeho is actually, you know, minimum of a year. And then... Extra añejo. Did you see anything about that? No, they don't. Ha- they don't sell that, so it's not on their website. But I would think maybe the extra might have gone two years. So or- extra, if you're close. Extra añejo has to be in oak barrels for a minimum of three years. Oh, it gets its color from that, and it's American oak. They have all kinds of recipes on this website as well. Did you see recipes of uh, different drinks yourself? Yeah, so, I mean, I know a couple of them, you know, besides the margarita. But on the on the Epsilon website, when they have the Blanco, they talk about the Paloma. Okay. About the yeah. Paloma being... That's what of. I saw here, too. So, oh. this, from, this is from Jalisco, right? Right. And it uses the Weber, or the Blue Weber Agave. Same as the tequila that you had. Did it say exactly how long it was aged? Of this tequila? Uh-huh. All the website says is that two months. So I assume as soon as it's over, the two months is over, they get it out of there and they bottle it and sell it. Right. It smells very orangey to me. I get, I get that, Josh. I really do. I have like a lot of, a lot of orange zest for like orange juice. That's kind of how it smells. I, I, like, I've had this tequila before. It's been, on, mm-hmm. uh, it's been in my bar, you know, as a, as a cocktail one. I never like dissected it. So it's, it smells like orange juice. Yeah. Almost. Like some of that sweetness is still there. Or like orange blossom. They harvest by hand. And I I wonder uh-huh. if that's the way all the tequilas are done. I think a lot of them are because, right. you know, the areas in which tequila does really well are a lot of hills. Mm-hmm. And it's not a trellised plant. It's a ground plant. So I think it's probably just easiest to hand harvest it. And also, you know, if you've never grown agave... 
you can buy agave or aloe from a store and grow it. And it's a real spiky, it's a really wide plant too. Mm-hmm. So it just may not be good and it may not be easy to get a machine to where it grows or to get it because you kind of harvest it under the ground a little bit. Yeah. So maybe it's just hand harvesting is just how it's done. I think it is because <laughs> on their story page, they show Jose who's 39 and he says on my first day I was next to both my grandfather and my father. Right. So it's a family tradition. Okay. In lots of areas to be harvesting the the uh, agave. It shows him with this special tool that looks sort of like a shovel, but it doesn't have that curved look of a shovel. Right. It's like it's like a blade on the end of it. Yeah. What he's what he's doing is he's chopping off those stems mm-hmm. out of the agave itself to get down to the to the actual root or the pina right. as it's called. Yeah. It's a let's see that it's called a or a koa. C O A. You know, it's basically like a curved like a semicircle yeah. blade on a on like a yeah. a big long shovel pole or like a hole pole. And you know, it's it's what they they cut them off with when and they when they harvest. They know by eye which are ready and which should be left for tomorrow. Yeah, That's I don't it. know if they meant literally the next day <laughs> or if it just meant later. Yeah, well, I can I can honestly see them, you know, walking through their fields, mm-hmm. kind of like you know some vintners do when they kind of hand harvest stuff. You know, going okay, that one's ready. That one's not ready yet. That one's right. ready. And they may go through it. Like during the harvest season, they may go through it, you know, three or four times, you know, three or four times within a week and harvest what's ready and leave what's not. Uh, so the the bottle itself is a is a pretty bottle. It doesn't have all the the goings on that yours has, but it's an, an embossed glass bottle. Yeah. And so it shows like a glass replica of somebody harvesting the agave. They on this page it said our own handmade American oak barrels. So I wonder if it sounds like what they're doing is they're getting American oak shipped to them. Yeah. And then they've got there's a special name for the guy that makes the barrels. Cooper. Cooper, that's right. A Cooper. A Cooper. And so then the cooper makes these oak barrels until they're perfect so that they will hold, you know, the liquid. Right. And then they put them in those barrels for that two months. That's interesting because a lot of tequila places will buy other barrels that have already been used. Yeah. And rather than making the barrels themselves because, you know, it's, it's cheaper. Well, if they used a bourbon barrel, then they would pick up those bourbon notes and, and that char. And they, they don't want that. They well, want the... I think they want the new, right? Oh, kind of the new oaky flavor. It gets that, and that I get the a much stronger taste or aroma of the vanilla on this one. Right, you get that vanilla. Mm-hmm. It's definitely a lot more vanilla on this, and you know, vanilla is kind of a. I would say it's kind of the main note after that citrus that comes through. What's the What's the alcohol on this one? It's It's forty. Okay. Yeah. Same as yours. I think that's probably a standard as far as the uh, tequilas. Yeah, it doesn't taste like the alcohol is not as prevalent. It's not on this one. That's right. 
I noticed that too. It's uh, kind of hidden. It doesn't. Maybe we've. Maybe our nose hairs have gotten used to nose and tequila. Yeah, maybe there are no nose hairs left. Uh, that's not true. <laughs> They've all been burned off by the by the alcohol. You get any fruit notes? You know, like I said, orange orange is the main thing I'm right. getting. It's right. definitely citrus fruit, but you know, there's a floridity on it too, like orange blossom or like because I've had some orange blossom honey. Mm. Kind of reminds me of some of that. And yeah, like it's all citrus. Like, have you ever had a kumquat? Yes. Kind of reminds me of that kumquat or like Satsuma, oh. like a kind of a bittery. It does, doesn't it? Bittery orangeness, a little bit. If I'm going to dive really, really deep into it, so real deep into it, I get like a hazelnut. So I get you know that tree nut kind of business going. Yeah, I can kind of see that as well. But it's a, it's a really good, super easy drinking tequila. Ready to try a pairing? Sure, go ahead. Well, let's go on this. Dig thing. in. This guacamole that Joanne made. Right. Once again, when it comes to tequila, we kind of talked about the alcohol level a little bit. Tequila has to be bottled between 35 and 55% alcohol. It can't go above or below in the U.S. proofing level. But most of them contain 40% minimum to be sold in the U.S. or in Canada. Okay. So in Mexico, you can find it at 35% alcohol. But in, te- in the United States, the What's minimum... What's the point of that, Josh? I don't know. <laughs> you can drink more. I guess. <laughs> Not much more. Uh, yeah, but it, to be sold in the U.S. or Canada, it has to be a minimum of 40% alcohol. So the guacamole seems like a really good pairing to me. Of course, I I love guacamole, and we've got some chips here. You'll see that on the Instagram picture. Uh, they're, they're blue corn chips, and so they pair the salt, saltiness of the chip, the sweetness of the guacamole. There's a jalapeno in the guacamole. Right. She puts, Joanne's the one that she's got a special deal with that. She puts in some Grand Marnier in it. <laughs> so <laughs> kind of gives well, so it that little gonna... orangey taste. <laughs> I did not know that she put You didn't liquor. know that? I did not know that she put liquor in her guacamole. <laughs> it's a tradition, Josh. <laughs> okay, calm down. Calm no, down. It's, it's funny to me that, you know, she puts Grand Marnier in there. But I was going to, because I was going to say, there's some kind of citrusiness in the in the in the guacamole that goes well with tequila, but now I know it's Grand Marnier that goes really well. But also the fat, like you know, avocado is very fatty, mm. um, and that kind of coats it and does it really well with with this tequila as well. And these were perfect hedging toward overripe. She puts, uh, of course, some lime juice in there too, and and maybe that's. Uh, Kind of draws out this orange juice that you were tasting, right? I, I mean, I, I think it's more of the orange than Grand Marnier <laughs> <laughs> than anything. Well, that too, right? So, so this is uh, my bar's tequila for my margaritas. It it seems to add very well to that margaritas that I make. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, it's got a good undertone of citrus that's that will work really, really well in cocktails. And just you know, kind of by itself, you know, it goes it goes well with that, with the uh, with the guacamole. So tell us a little bit about this uh, cheese dip you made. So the cheese dip, you know, it's just a recipe off the internet. It has one of your favorites. I mean, how can you go wrong if you have anything with bacon? Mm. So it's got bacon in it. Mm-hmm. It's it's got a couple different. It's got the cream cheese, which you would expect. It's got sharp cheddar cheese. It's got a little, not a habanero, but a kicked up 
jack cheese. Yeah. And cook it in the oven, and then I put the broiler on to kind of give it a brown brownness. So it let's go for it. Did you try it? Yeah, I just I just took a bite of it. You know, it's got you know I can kind of taste the the pep. You know the the jalapenoiness of it. Does that have any cilantro in it? I was supposed to have cilantro to put in it. I didn't have any cilantro, so I I messed up. I didn't. Well, that's good for me. That would have added added to it. Yeah, but that's good for me because you know I'm one of the ten percenters. Mm. And cilantro cilantro tastes like soap mm. to me, and it's extremely like pungent. I had some of that ground up spice in the spice jars. Yeah, cilantro, and it's like, why waste my time with that? Yeah, you know, this is good. You know, it's really kind of creamy. Mm-hmm. And you got the smokiness from the bacon and the onioniness. Now I'm I'm smoking ribs today, right? As you know, and if the um, people knew where I live, they might be coming over here to get the ribs. But fresh Kansas City I style ribs. I did take the jalapenos, cut them in half, core out all the seeds and and the you know the mush, and put them out there on my smoker to get some smoky from them. So there's a little bit of that smoky in that cheese. Uh, okay. So you actually smoked the jalapenos a little bit. A little bit, yeah. Okay. You like that? Yeah, it's a good dip. How does it pair? It goes really well. Like I said, the fattiness of that cheese comes really well, and the smokiness that's coming through is really good. I get more of the smokiness and the barreliness of the tequila mm-hmm. off this mm-hmm. this pairing than with the guacamole. But it's, it's, a, it's really good. So, so the, they call this 100% estate bottled, 100% blue agave, and 100% natural. Okay. That sounds really good to me. Right. You know, there are a lot of the big boys that in tequila will buy from other places, not their original estate. They'll buy agave from other farmers. So something being estate grown means it's all on their own stuff. They're not buying from a bunch of extra farmers. They actually own all the land that goes into the bottle. And they said, you know, the root of our spirit can be found in the sun-kissed soil. Yeah. So I guess this soil is, is special for the agave. And I think that goes back to what you were saying, how that the farmers got together and said, you can't call it tequila. Right. Unless it's the, these areas. Yeah. So the soil is actually a red volcanic soil. So this is south of Mexico City. So there's, it's, still, it's got a lot of that like red ash volcanic soil which is going to give a different kind of flavor, part a little bit of different flavor into the agave than, it, than in other locations that don't have that same kind of soil. It's a lot of like terroir driven, you know, like we talked mm-hmm. about. Mm-hmm. We talked about with wine and then, you know, mezcal is actually more terroir driven because, you know, the different types of agave or maguez can give different flavors and where it comes from can give different, because it's grown in different soil. But that's what we found with the wine. Right. Soil, it departs different flavors into the wine. Right. And I'm just thinking back to that, that mezcal we had and how different that mezcal was than either one of these tequilas we've had tonight. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's so different. You know, we talked about that, like fresh fruit, smoked fruit wood. And this, there's, no, there's no woodiness really on these at all initially. But you get a barely wood from the reposado that you have. Um, but it's only really brought out by that cheese. Mm-hmm. And these uh, these men or women, I guess, that harvest the agave 
it says it takes years for them to learn the art of the razor sharp tool of the coil so that they know what to do, how to do it, how to trim the agave to get the the big leaf part off. Mm-hmm. So it's quite interesting. Yeah, it's a it's a really interesting process. You know, I've I've kind of watched it a little bit when we were doing the when I was getting ready for the mezcal podcast, and you know, it's just kind of fascinating how quickly they can do it and how well how well they do it. So you can tell they're they're definitely artisans at their at their craft. That's right. So now, do you know what the juice is called? I don't know what the juice is called. What is it called? M O S T O Mosta. M O S T O. M O S T O. So it would be Musto. 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 It's placed in open air tanks. Oh, wow. Here nature works its magic with natural fermentation. Oh, yeah. Spontaneous fermentation. That's right. So that's cool. Yeah. It's, I mean, this is a really good tequila. You know, you know, a, a liter and three quarters or, you know, a double bottle. Uh, this costs, you know, no more than $35. I think you had like $31. Yeah, I, I bought it for less than 30 You know, it's a, it's a really good tequila you know it's not like some of your high-end tequilas that where you can get a lot of like different flavors on it you know i chose i kind of chose mine this week because i've got some casa amigas and yeho in my in my house right now and that's you know really really high-end tequila you know we're, we're looking at 60 dollars a bottle and you have a lot of those like nuanced oaky flavors but i kind of wanted to go something that could definitely be drunk by itself but also mm-hmm. would be a great bar staple you know as we're about to come into another cocktail episode next week I wanted to kind of bring in something. I think you did a really good job as well to kind of bring in a bar staple mm-hmm. that can mm-hmm. be used. You can be drink. You can drink it by itself if you like tequila that way. But it also will make great cocktails or great substitution in cocktails. That's right. Um, so you uh, you got into the ceviche yet? Did you know? No, I haven't. Okay. Did you know they distill it twice? I didn't. I I didn't know. I that. actually kind of did know that. Now that you said that out loud. Really? Yeah, it was kind of what, it's one part of the process that it's double it's double distilled. Yeah, we run across a lot of things that are double distilled. Yeah, I think you know most of most first distil- distillations are really hot and hard, mm-hmm. uh, so they're going to run it through again to kind of soften it up, make it a little bit better for yeah, you. And of course, it's crystal clear when it comes out yep. of the distiller. Crystal clear. So, and then you guys just done then. First, you use oak barrels for a couple months and gives it kind of a rich, yeah. nice flavor. I, you know, it'd be interesting. Now, this says two months up to a year. Yeah, so they, they probably oak. they probably kind of taste the barrels and see. They probably have a flavor profile that they're going for. That's probably right. And depending on, you know, the distillation what of the What a barrel, terrible job that would be. I huh? mean, it would be terrible. Well, they may spit most of it. <laughs> <laughs> Industry insight there. But they probably are looking for a particular profile. When a barrel's ready, they'll say, okay, pull that barrel and go, you know, go dump it. This one, this next one needs to sit for a little bit longer and we'll go taste it again tomorrow. So, um, how's the, how's the ceviche? I hadn't tried it. The ceviche? I don't think this is your thing, but. It is, it is not. I'm not a, I'm not a real big fish or seafood kind of guy. You'll see that it's, uh, with the, with the picture on instagram you'll see it's pretty mm-hmm. i had some green cherry maybe that's not the right word but I, they're the size of a cherry tomato but they're green and then i had some yellow ones and then i put in it says to put in another jalapeno but since we had the jalapeno in the other two offerings 
I dispensed with that, but I put in a, a pretty little red sweet pepper. Okay. And then, like I said, it's got the fish, it's got onions, it's got garlic, it has the shrimp, and then it's cooked with the lime juice. Yeah, so. If you Give did, it a taste there. So if you didn't know this, you know, citrus will, like, oxidize or cook or cure different foods. So that's why if you've ever looked at a recipe that says, okay, add an orange juice or lemon juice or lime juice to marinate this but don't let it sit for longer than that that's because the acid mm-hmm. in the in the citrus will actually start to cook or cure to be eaten the food itself now when it comes to ceviche you always want to you only want to ceviche things which which could be served in a sushi bar right or as a tartare so you maybe don't this fish that I bought. Well, no, I, I would fit you know, that profile, Josh. But I, th- but I think I think you let it sit for long enough that it's going to cook through and kind of. But it, it's a fresh fish. Fresh can, fish can be served that way. Right. But I think having the ceviche there for as long as you had it allowed the the acid to do its thing. And it says like fifteen minutes is enough, but if you go much longer than that, right, the fish will start getting tough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it, that acid is working on it, mm-hmm. cooking yeah. it. And yeah, it's like if you cooked it in the oven longer than you should, it's going to turn out tough. Right, and you know, kind of, you let this sit for a little bit longer because you had a fish that's not like a a sushi fish. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that was that was really smart. So how does it how does it kind of go? I think it's a good pairing. You know, it's a <laughs> it's an acquired tasting thing. Yeah. It's, it's, Acquired taste, but I, I bet it's the citrusiness, the citrusiness of the of the ceviche plays really well with the citrus that's going on in the tequila and that's the right. acid from the tomatoes. Mm-hmm. That extra, that different type of acid really kind of brings out some extra extra notes. It's gonna be really good in in the with tequila as well, and kind of the salty brininess of the mm-hmm. of the fish and the and the shrimp it's going to just play really really well with that tequila because we've talked about salinity and acid and citrus are going to be kind of your markers so if you're thinking about what what do i want to pair with this that's not what you guys are talking about you know things that are going to be citrusy lightly spicy salty slightly sweet all those things are going to go really really well fat Tequila. It seems like tequila. From what we've done tonight, tequila really enjoys fat and does really well does. with fatty stuff. Mm-hmm. So on the website here, just to kind of give you listeners an idea, it's a really great website because you can go to their recipes part of the website, and there's like twenty nine different recipes. Wow! To use their tequila, whether it's the silver, or it's the uh, Onyo, whichever one it is, they have recipes for different kinds of margaritas. The Ponomo, is that how you pronounce it, Joe? The Paloma. Paloma, and all kinds of other wonderful recipes. Tequila mm. Sunrise, if you're so on. Right. And then, you know, straight shot. Yeah. There's, there's, a, there's a lot you can do with tequila. I mean, you know, I think... I think tequila sometimes gets a bad rap as just a shot 
as just a shot or just a margarita. Right. I think, you know, it is very, very flexible, especially with kind of the sweetness that goes along with it. Well, margarita is their main, you know, their main drink with a tequila. Well, yeah. You know, there's, how about a tequila mule? You might have to try that, Josh. I think that would be something that would be good. Maybe that could be a, a, a happy hour drink coming up over the holiday week. And then if you, if you click, the part that says not margaritas, you get a whole nother list. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, there's there's a lot that you can do with tequila. You know, it is actually very, very versatile. I think Añejos are really, really good and they can be sipped. I really enjoy Añejos. I really, I really enjoy sipping tequila that's really cold. You know, I enjoy, okay. you know, having a tequila in the freezer and taking it out, pouring it. It gets really like thick and viscous. And as it warms up, you know, it shows itself, but it, it makes it a little bit easier. And then that way, you can get it cold without watering it down. Correct. You don't have to have the ice or anything. Or if you've got, like, whiskey stones, uh, something like that can help make it really cold. I've got some whiskey stones. We might sure try that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, maybe I'll, I'll bring up that uh, Casa Amigas, and we can try it later on. All so. Right. You getting about ready for a block? You know, I, unless there's anything else you want to tell me, I think we're ready. No, I, I, you know, I could go on. I really like <laughs> this tequila. Yeah, it's a good one. All right. We'll, let's we'll get, get the blind, the blind ready. ready. All right. All right. And once again, for this spirit tasting, I'm going to be using the Wine and Spirits Education Trust Level 3 Systematic Approach to Tasting a Spirit. Are you ready, Dad? I'm ready, Josh. All right, so uh, this is a clear liquor. Um, no haziness or kind of any fluffiness uh, going on in there. I would say it's a medium or to deep intensity of kind of a gold or amber color. Kind of reminds me of the Jurassic Park, uh, you know, uh, mosquitoes stuck in the amber. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the same color. Uh, really. So, yeah, it kind of reminds me of that, that color. Flashback. Yeah, I, mean, I like to make those connections. There's no really other distinguishing qualities when it comes to the comes to the sight of it. Hard to really distinguish any legs, um, but that's really just going to kind of tell me alcohol level, which I'll be able to kind of taste later. I'm getting pretty good legs, but you know my glass isn't all that clean right now. So it's it's clean on the nose. It's a moderate intensity. Um. Definitely wood forward. Yeah. Um, vanilla. Yeah, getting all those wonderful baking, baking spices, vanilla, clove, nutmeg. A lot of vanilla. A lot of oak on this one. Mm-hmm. On the nose. Let's taste it. Ooh, that's nice, isn't it? Yeah, it's really good. So it's not really sweet on the palate. Like, there's some sweetness, but it's not like sweet like the tequila we just had. It's like kind of telling me that it's probably grain or corn based on the sweetness level. It is quite intense with the initial flavors, but it's also nuanced with kind of the secondary. Yeah. A lot of wood. Old wood, new wood. It's definitely new wood. Yeah. Okay. It hasn't been in there very long because it's still really hot, really intense wood. Definitely all those baking spices that I talked about on the nose are definitely there. It's quite smooth, and there's still a little bit of roughness on it, which kind of lets me know that it hasn't been in barrel for very long. I think 
you know, just kind of on the initial taste, this is definitely grain, grain based or man, I'm almost even, I'm really, really tempted to say it's corn based. The finish on it is quite long. It's fairly balanced. Um, it is very good quality on it. Yeah. So take another taste of it. Pretty yummy, isn't it? Yeah. I'm getting some of those like butterscotchy, a little bit of peppercorn allspice kind of flavors going on to it. So I'm going to say that this is an American made spirit. Um, uh-huh. Hmm? American made. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say that this is a rye whiskey. I think it's an American rye whiskey. It's got a lot of spicy pepperiness on it. It's kind of its driving flavors with that like light sweetness that you're going to get from a bourbon. So I have no idea what dis- distillery this is from. So I'm going to put that, I'm going to put this out there that it, it is a rye whiskey. All right, there you have it. Yeah, so uh, you're going to have to come. That was pretty quick, John. <laughs> yeah, I mean, liquors are pretty, you know, liquors are pretty quick. We're wine, I'm going to dissect a little bit more. That's uh, that's what we're saying. Come back next week and find out what it is. I hope all of you had a, all of you Americans had a wonderful Thanksgiving. To all of our listeners out there, we've, you know, we've seen, we've got listeners coming in from Germany, from Netherlands, from United Kingdom and Norway and Bangladesh. You know, thank you for listening to us. It's super exciting to see yeah. uh, where all you, you guys are much. from. Uh, I hope you guys have a great week. Uh, and tell your friends. Exactly. Remember to follow us on all the socials. Uh, Instagram, we're Acquired Tastings. Twitter, we're Acquired Tasting. We're on Facebook. Follow us on your favorite podcast platforms. Throw us a review if you can on your platform. Give it, Subscribe to us if you really like us. Get those alerts going. And it's, uh, it's really excited to kind of engage with uh, different people who've been listening to the podcast. Uh, next week is a, is a cocktails week. It's going to be a special one. Isn't it's it, it's, it's going to be, be a really, really good special. one. So for here, for us here in America, uh, this upcoming week is a holiday week. It's Thanksgiving week, and my sister is coming into town from Indianapolis, where she lives. And this next cocktail week, we're just gonna kind of do a family happy hour. It'll be fun. Yeah, it's gonna be real fun. We're just kind of got. We'll do that anyway. Well, yeah, we're <laughs> so gonna do lots of those. All we're gonna right? do is throw the mics up. Yeah, we're gonna have mics. We're gonna talk about kind of our journeys and alcohol, kind of what we like, what we're tasting, and so uh, there will end up probably being four cocktails going on uh, because we're all pretty wide range when it comes to our our love of cocktails, and I'm I'm really excited about that. I thank you guys for listening in, and uh, we will see you next time on Acquired Tastings. Once again, I'm Josh Mills. And I'm John Mills. And we'll see you next time. Thank you, and goodbye.